Alastine, Ohio, a train carrying vinyl chloride derailed and exploded near the town, creating a dangerous cloud of toxic fumes. Here are some scenes from someone that I've been speaking to on the ground there, Nathan Vallas. He's an entrepreneur and citizen of East Palestine, whose wife works at a local hospital. It's always heart-wrenching to hear about the effects of a disaster, but it's important to listen to the stories of those that have been directly impacted. And that's what I'm doing here with Nathan today. Now, just looking at his his clips. Now, he lives less than 0.3 miles away from where this site actually where this actually happened. Now, he got out quickly, which he's going to tell us here in just a moment. But as you can see, it is just an absolutely, it's an absolute nightmare. My name's Nate. I live in East Palestine. <clears throat> My home is two streets over from the actual derailment. So technically, according to the railroad, it's 0.35 miles. <laughs> My business is closer than that, but on the other side of the tracks. And I... Uh, my, uh, I guess Friday night, you know, us who, all the guys who lived in town, who lived close, heard it happen. And my brother-in-law, his house is along the tracks. He felt it, woke him up and he called me on my cell phone and said, did you hear that? I think the train hit something. And I'm like, yeah, I thought I heard something. And I went outside and you could see that it looked like below above this whole corner of my town. And then. I had posted some pictures on my Twitter and you know social media and all that. Yeah, I saw that those. Was, I took this picture. Yeah, nine twenty-four. So it was like twenty minutes maybe after the train actually came off, and the uh, me and my son hopped in the truck and drove right up as close as we could to see what was happening. And something I don't know what blew up, and we I turned around, all ass home, and I, before anyone before it was even on the news and they evacuated i told the whole family like we got to get out of here yeah sure enough they you know shortly after that all the cops started coming through and evacuating everyone now i've been speaking with more than half a dozen residents of this town and even the surrounding areas and this woman here who chooses to be anonymous says we have no communication about how far out we should be concerned now, there are a bunch of personal wells in this area. I've heard this from both her and someone else, and no one there is being their voice. This person attributes the railroad issue to the recent strike that was averted by the Biden administration. And some of the chief complaints were that the railroad workers were overworked and that safety concerns were not being addressed. Now, the woman I spoke to here chooses to remain anonymous, and probably for good reason. She's got some interesting um, information and insights here into the sensors along the railway that are supposed to be detecting these sorts of issues and triggering um, sort of breakers that are um, used for safety in a railroad. I'm not a railroad expert, and I don't think this woman here is either, but she did share with me this image that was released to the public that shows right here um, this is an image of the railroad of the train as it was going down. This was captured and the train actually went for a while with this sort of spark. And then later on, it's reported that the conductor of the train detached the portion of the train that was having the issue and they kept going. They just kept on going. And by the time that emergency services had arrived at the scene, there was no conductor there. 
Now they got this train fixed very quickly because for every moment this train, this railroad is not in operation, they're losing millions of dollars. This Robo company is a multi-billion dollar organization. Well, it's a big industry. There's a lot of money involved. I mean, Norfolk Southern is worth tens of billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And everyone has, you know, the, some of the people who own it are huge Wall Street people. So there's a lot of monetary interest. And the most important part to them, to me, I look at it as this. The railroad, they're, every minute they can't use that track, they're losing millions. Yeah. And, you know, millions probably. Their first priority is to get it up and running. And they have enough profit and money to just pay whatever fine it is and pay whatever lawsuit it is. It's, you know, simply it's the cost of doing business at that point. Yeah. Rather than look out for the safety and the well-being of humans, you know, they have to, they're, you know, the, if no one can go to jail over this. Norfolk Southern is its own entity. You can't put a business in prison, but you can find the shit out of it and, you know, sue them. And that's, and they know that, so... My source here is claiming that the train was on fire for nearly 30 plus minutes before the actual derailment and they were blowing past these sensors that were either not working or not picking up on the issue or being ignored entirely. To what extent has the federal government and the local government been assisting residents of East Palestine? Well, uh, federal, I haven't really gotten seen or gotten anything. The local guys, they just tried to keep us informed. Really, the only type of assistance the railroad provided, actually, they, they started paying for everyone's hotels and food and all that. Okay. And they're saying they're giving out a thousand bucks for everyone within the one mile radius of the actual crash. There are people that have taken this into their own hands by analyzing wind patterns on publicly available weather data. As dude was going outside, it was like Armageddon, like it was like the apocalypse. Yeah. You could hear fire from these trains, at least where I live. And, and everyone, all the citizens were out on their porches, driving up and down, like throwing shit into their cars. And that's kind of like kind of the mode I got into. I'm like, load up, grab whatever you can, who cares? And I drove to my mother-in-law's house because she lives even closer than my house. I just, I threw her in the truck, went back to the house. I'm like, listen, we got to go grab your shit. We're, we're leaving. And, uh, so I, I, I honestly, I think we were out of town by 1030. This is an actual image of the plume clown after the, um, after the controlled burn conducted by the EPA and the local organizations. Now that is the burning. That's the plume. And this isn't a storm cloud up here. You see all this up here? This is the disbursement of these toxic chemicals being burned. This here is another aerial shot of the scene. Take a look at this video. Um, this is from somebody on Twitter that posted in one of the threads that I started. These aren't, these aren't, these aren't storm clouds. Those are not storm clouds. This is the, that they burn the fucking and eat Palestine. This is not fucking storm clouds. Look at it. This is over Darlington. That's not even in East Palestine. That's in Darlington. That is absolutely crazy. And these people are having to live here with this stuff. People are comparing this to the size of Chernobyl, and it's barely being covered on the news. I've heard from local people that 
they're starting, they've noticed some hives and, and rashes and particularly people who have well water versus this are connected to the city system, which technically makes sense. But the, you know, if there is indeed something in the water, I, I don't know, I can confirm that. But the, uh, the only thing I noticed, I went back twice because unfortunately I have to leave my two small dogs at my house and they're okay, but I've had to go back, you know, feed them and water them and all that crap. And uh, when I did that, they, <clears throat> I wasn't there long. I wore a mask, but I was in, I was in town maybe 30 minutes, which the day after they did the control release and I had a headache and I felt like crap all day after that. And then I went back again. It would have been the day after they lifted the order to check on the dogs again and to check on my shop and uh, they, uh, the shop was okay, but they had, they, there's still people there because there's a creek behind it. There's still people there in the parking lot and behind it, like, you know, sucking out whatever from the creek. And, uh, but even that day, same deal. I wasn't in town long at all, wore a mask, all that crap. And I felt awful. Mm -hmm. And that's when I'm like, cause my wife you know, being a nurse, she doesn't take any chances with anything like this. But I, I told her, I'm like, listen, yeah, I felt sick and I was, I didn't even sit down. Let's also talk about one reason why that it's not being covered in the news. And this is important because there is a reporter that was at a press conference and the local sheriff had him arrested. Listen to this. Well, look, the news outlet. This week, a TV news reporter was arrested during a news conference held by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. The governor says it was wrong. Police haven't dropped the charges, though. Here's Josh Krupp with Why It Matters. There's what authorities said happened and what the video shows happened. Governor Mike DeWine says it shouldn't have happened, period. A reporter arrested at his news conference this week in East Palestine, Ohio. You know, it's not anything that uh, I, I approve of. In fact, I vehemently disapprove of it. News Nation's Evan Lambert was doing a live shot early in the news conference on the opposite side of this elementary school gym. That's when Major General John C. Harris, the head of the Ohio National Guard, said he heard, quote, very loud voices. Big question here, and it's being addressed right now by Governor Mike DeWine. Body cam video shows a trooper step in and tell Lambert to wrap up his live shot. And when he does, it's general. So how is the community responding? Are, are they are they upset? Do they Are they happy oh. with the railroad and how they've approached this in the short term? Well, I, I mean, railroad, I get it. They're doing what they can, but they, you know, they're, they're all upset. Half of the town wants to leave, half of them can't. And... Uh, well, Just most because of financial reasons, probably. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. we're not like a upper class town by yeah. any means. And, you know, and I'm not rich, but the, uh, like I couldn't imagine doing this completely broke. Uh -huh. You know, no one Norfolk Southern was going to reimburse anyone. And if you didn't have money to get out, like what, they had shelters open. But what do you do now? And yeah, if you've, a lot of people on all the local community Facebook pages, the groups, are complaining about being sick, feeling sick, the smells, and they want to leave. They want to move. They can't though. They just bought the house. They have a mortgage. There's nowhere to go. They don't have the money. But you know, it goes on. But they're the whole community is just pissed, and they're really upset because, like, three minutes after they lifted the evacuation order, the first train rolled through. They had the tracks fixed and ready to go. Like within, it was, they were fixing it the whole time, it seems like, because as soon as the, the governor lifted the evacuation order, there was a video, a live stream of the train rolling through and like half the town was like screaming at it. So essentially, you know, the word is not getting out. Nobody is speaking up for these people. And 
I have people from this town in in, in Ohio and in the surrounding areas going into Pennsylvania, reaching out to me, begging me to bring awareness to this situation. It's it's um it's quite astonishing, actually. A few moments ago, I actually had someone in Pittsburgh say they had four nights at a hotel that was given to them by the railroad or the local emergency service organizations that are responding to this this um, this catastrophe. And she's offering to give me four nights at a Pittsburgh hotel room if I will come and investigate this further. Let's look at this tweet that I found in a comment on Twitter that, that kind of details what is going on with this vinyl chloride and how the control burn took place. A cocktail of harmful and potentially deadly chemicals purposely being burned off by authorities. But why? Let's rewind. This all started with a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, a town of nearly 5,000 people. Five of the cars that derailed were carrying vinyl chloride, a dangerous chemical linked to multiple cancers. It's used to make a whole bunch of things from car parts to PVC piping, but on its own, vinyl chloride can cause blisters, headaches, dizziness, and can be deadly if breathed in for too long. It's also unstable, and at least one of the train cars was at risk of exploding and sending deadly shrapnel flying as far as a mile. And while that massive explosion didn't end up happening, many are wondering if the way authorities are going about mitigating the incident is the best course of action. To avoid a catastrophic explosion, officials conducted a controlled release of vinyl chloride a few days after the derailment. They pierced the train cars so the vinyl chloride could drain into a trench and burn. It resulted in this. Authorities said that the controlled burn would release hydrogen chloride and phosgene into the air. Yes, as in World War I chemical weapon phosgene. So what does that mean for residents? Well, everyone living within at least a two-mile radius of the derailment site was ordered to evacuate. Ahead of the controlled burn, authorities were released an evacuation map and essentially said if you're in this area, leave or risk dying because of toxic fumes. Authorities have been monitoring the air and water quality since the controlled release started and said that none of the readings were concerning, but many evacuated residents still have questions, namely when they'll be able to return home safely. This video is from TikTok and it shows a local creek about two miles from the derailment near East Palestine, and it claims that these fish are floating in the creek and they're, they're dead. I didn't see a whole lot of fish there. They are small. As this situation unfolds, it's important that we have really accurate information, which is why I've been establishing sources, anonymous sources, and other credible sources, both in East Palestine and in the surrounding areas. I'm going to put the link down below to the, to your, to your GoFundMe. Is there, is there anything else that you, that you want to share about this? I just, you know, if anyone, I don't know, because everyone knows as much as I do, but all the GoFundMe, if it does get fulfilled, I plan on donating a lot of it to you know, people in the town. So if you can just share it and make it as big as you can, and we'll try to get more people out of that shit, that, that town. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. I hope you stay safe and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Nathan. Bye. Yeah, bye.